persons. May, may, my, my. Tanuhu, Tanu, body, body. Vijavaran, Vijavaran. Best of the Brahmanas, the best of the Brahmanas. Duhati, Duhati. Cows, cows. Madhya, Madhya. Relating to me, relating to me. Bhutani, Bhutani. Living entities, living entities. Alabda Sharanani, Alabda Sharanani, defenseless, defenseless, Cha, Cha, and Bheda Bhuja, Bheda Bhuja, considering as different, Drakshanti, Si, Agha, by sin, Shata, is impaired, Drishaha, Whose faculty of judgment? Whose faculty of judgment? He, because, because ahi, ahi, like a snake, like a snake, manyavaha, manyavaha, angry, angry, tan, tan, those same persons, those same persons, gridra, gridra, the vulture-like messengers, the vulture-like messengers, rusha, rusha, angrily, angrily, mama, mama, my. Kushanti, Kushanti, tear, tear. Abhidanda Neetuhu, of the superintendent of punishment, Yamaraj. Of the superintendent of punishment, Yamaraj. Translation and purport by His Divine Grace, Shri Aisi Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. <clears throat> the Brahmanas, the cows, and the this is. Krishna speaking. He's standing before who's he speaking to? Who's his audience? Kumaras. Kumaras? Yeah, I assume Gaykeeper is there too. Yeah, I got him. But it's, it's not exactly Krishna. It's oh, right, right. Thank you. So the Brahmins, the cows, and the defenseless creatures are my own body. Those whose faculty of judgment has been impaired by their own sins look upon these as distinct from me. They are just like furious serpents, and they are angrily torn apart by the bills of the vulture-like messengers of Yamaraj, the superintendent of sinful persons. So please repeat, the Brahmanas, the, Brahmanas, the, cows, the cows, and the defenseless creatures, and the defenseless creatures are, my own body. are my own body. Those whose faculty of judgment, Those whose faculty of judgment has been impaired by their own sin, look upon these as distinct from me. They are just like furious serpents. They are just like furious serpents. And they are angrily torn apart. They are angrily torn apart by the bills of the vulture-like messengers of Yamaraj. By the bills of the vulture-like messengers of Yamaraj. Superintendent of sim simple persons. Superintendent of simple persons. Purport. The defenseless creatures, according to Brahma Sanita, are the cows, Brahmanas, women, children, and old men. 
Of these five, the Brahmas and cows are especially mentioned in this verse because the Lord is always anxious about the benefit of the Brahmas and the cows and is prayed to in this way. Is great to how does that sentence go? Of these five Brahmas are mentioned. And is prayed to in this way. Like in Lobra Lady, like Brahmas right? That's a prayer. I'm thinking that is should be are, plural, but that's what's throwing me off. And is prayed to in this way. What is is referred to? Um, it's the Lord. Is. Huh? It's the Lord. Oh, he's always angry. Okay. The Lord especially instructs, therefore, that no one should be envious of these five, especially the cows and the Brahmins. In some of the Bhagavatam readings, the Lord Duri Tree Tree. Oh, there's one of those rare R's. <laughs> there's about only one other place in the whole Bhagavad Gita there. You see that it's Pitri Loka. That's a R word. So there's two R's, Rit and Ri. Yeah, one is a consonant, one's a vowel. It's really confusing. <laughs> R with a dot under it is Rit, like Mridanga or Krishna. Right. But sometimes when we say we say it, we turn it into Ri, but it's not really. That's a different letter. Huh? That's this letter here, R with a But this is with a two marks. line over it, it means it's long. So it's Ri. Huh? It's Ri. Yeah. Do Ri Dri. In some of the Bhagavatam readings, the word Do Tri. Did I say it right? is used instead of duhati. But in either case, the meaning is the same. Duhati means cow. And duhati, duhitri, can also be used to mean cow because the cow is supposed to be the daughter of the sun god. I like that. It's supposed to be the daughter of the sun god. It may not be, but it's supposed to. Well, it's, like no, saying, take, huh? it's like saying it is said. It is said. It is said. But you probably doesn't quote a verse, so thank you, Wonder. It's supposed to be the daughter of Sunday. Just as children are taken care of by the parents, women as a class should be taken care of by the father, husband, or grown up son. Those who are helpless must be taken care of by their respective guardians, otherwise, the guardians will be subjected to the punishment of Yamaraj, who is appointed by the Lord to supervise the activities of sinful living creatures. The assistants or messengers of Yamaraj are likened here to vultures, and those who do not execute their respective duties in protecting their wards are compared to serpents. Vultures deal very seriously with serpents, and similarly the messengers will deal very seriously with neglectful guardians. My goodness. <clears throat> so the verse again. Ye may tanur dvichavaram dukatir madhya bhutanya labda sharanani chavera bhakta draksham yaga shatadrisho yahimanya vastam vidra rushama matusham yabidanda netu. The Brahmins, the cows, and the defenseless creatures are my own body. Those whose faculty of judgment has been impaired by their own sin 
look upon these as distinct from me. They are just like furious serpents, and they are angrily torn apart by the bills of the vulture-like messengers of Yamaraj, the superintendent of sinful persons. Boy, I, I read this so many times, you know, in the last two days, and try to think what to, what to say about it. Now I'm reading it again, I'm just thinking of all kinds of new things, you know, this one thing I was thinking of how you know, I grew up in natural humans culture, eating meat and all kinds of doing things, sinful things. One thing I, I thought I couldn't do, maybe I could, but was uh, sometimes in order to enjoy life, people will boil a big pot, a huge pot of water and get a bunch of crabs or uh, you know, live crabs or shrimp. In Louisiana, they do this with shrimp, you know, or what do they call them? The freshwater form of shrimp. Crawfish. Craw, craw, craw daddies. <laughs> and throw these live things into boiling water. You know, I just, I mean, I was pretty callous with, with animals when I was growing up. I thought that's really, that's too much. I don't want to have anything to do with that. I was uh, reading some things about Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati's statements. And actually, this is in a book, Speaking Strongly, for Srila Prabhupada by uh, Bhakti Vikaswami. And here he refers to statements by Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Goswami Maharaj. She talks about the, how there's, there's a need. And it's actually a form of violence not to correct the so-called nice people in this world who may think of themselves as being pious. They may be generally pious people, but by their teeny brains, they have a, a tiny worldview. He says in their Bhaktivikaswami is saying, and they're secretly hiding their philosophy of, of life is secretly hiding um, lots of material attachments. And it leads them to do sinful things like, you know, this, the way we treat animals. Especially, you know, not even higher animals, but little kind of like insect creatures from, from the stream that are just living their life, you know. And actually they're living in, as we know from Bhagavad Gita, who knows some verses that, that say that, you know, living entities are actually, um, they're just, just like my other parts and parcels, but because of contact with the modes of nature, they, they uh, take birth into various species. Was it, they experience good and evil amongst various species. Was that verse? Well, that's a nice one, huh? 16, 19, 20, 21. Purusha Prabhupada Gita, I think. No, no, that's nice. Well, that's another one. Purusha Prabhupada Gita. I don't remember some of those sides yet. So there's a young jungle. Yeah. There's another one that's kind of important. Sarva Yonish. Just before that, there's Kariya Kana Kakura. 
Nature is said to be the cause of all material activities and effects, whereas the living entity is the cause of the various sufferings and enjoyments in this world. And that sets up uh, the next one of things. So anyway, this is a an interesting situation here, you know. If uh, Narayan is standing in front of these little boy-like Kumaras, who must be like riveted to see Narayan and, and hear it speaking, and even a few verses. I read a few verses ahead. They're saying, when I first read this, I thought, okay, why, why are we getting off into this now? It's, Krishna's like explaining his mentality, I, I think, to, you know, for all of us and for the Kumaras and the, the gatekeepers there. And he's already said that, you know, these gatekeepers are my dear servants. What does he say back there? You know, he says, you, but you rightly cursed them and I accept that, that this has been done. And, but then now he's saying the, these uh, Kumaras look like children. They're Brahmins. They're more than Brahmins. They're Brahmins in pure, pure goodness. Can travel anywhere. And they appear to be child, children. So why have we been treated roughly by these gatekeepers? Um, so Krishna is explaining his mentality. Always reminds me of a, the verse in Chaitanya Kharadamata, which says, the gopis know my greatness, my mentality. Respect for me, my loving service. And uh, one other one. No respect for me. My mentality, my greatness, my mentality, respect for me, my loving service. Something else. See, others, gopis know these. Others cannot really know these. But <clears throat> those are in the mode of goodness. This is why that I always wonder why there's these statements that the Brahmins are so dear to, to Krishna. I always try to go through in my mind why is that so much? They're living entities in this world. They're, they have problems with material attachment and sinful things, naturally, even though they're, they're exemplars of goodness among in society. But actually, they have uh, people that are, I was reading about. Today is the appearance day of Shamananda Pandit. Shamananda Pandit, who is one of the three that carries the writings and teachings of Jiva Goswami and the other Goswamis to Bengal after, after they did their writing in pastimes. Vishamananda Pandit was born in a uh, family of a Shudra caste family. They were a particular part of this Shudra community who distributed milk <coughs> to the houses. And, uh, but it says that 
Shamananda Pandit, who was he was named Duki in the beginning. Because his his fam his his parents must have been really pious, shudra people. And this uh, little boy was immediately attracted to religious and like things in philosophy. And they saw that and they recommend they wanted to give him a chance to have a guru. But they had had so many miscarriages, the mother had so many miscarriages that she named him Duki, which means misery. And what was the reason for that? It was something like... Uh, Duki Krishnadas. Yeah. yeah, well, that he got that Krishnadas later from, from his spiritual master. The way I read it. But Duki was like the mother was trying to remind Krishna that I... You know, suffered so many miseries from miscarriages. Now that, please, uh, you know, remember my suffering and be kind to this child. So, but anyway, he um, somehow, when he was a teenager, he declared, "So and so is my spiritual master. He's my guru." It was a Sridhar Chaitanya. He was in another village somewhere remote from where Duki grew up in the Navadweep area. And so he wanted to go there and his parents thought, no, you're not old enough to do, do that, you know, it's dangerous. He said, no, there'll be pilgrims going on pilgrimage, you know, through that area, so I'll just go with them and I'll be fine. So he, though he was a shooter caste person, he supposedly, and uh, actually these, these are mantras. I think shaman is one of the mantras in the spiritual world. I have to check on that, be sure. But uh, many amazing pastimes happened with this shaman. He studied under his spiritual master, and at some point, his spiritual master told him, Now please go to Vrindavan and study under Jiva Goswami. He had started some school for. Uh, you know, like the most uh, well-prepared students could come to this. You know, because Jiva Goswami is the greatest of all Vaishnava writers and philosophers, I could say. There are so many. Um, so we got off into Shamananda Pandit, which I meant to talk about at the end. Maybe I will. There's some nice pastimes about Shaman How he would go into meditation. And uh, here's the one about how he found the, an ankle bracelet where he was meditating. And he knew immediately this was a anklet of Radharani. And uh, that's an amazing pastime. How that goes. Today is also the appearance day of Bungsi Badanov Pandit. Bungsi Badanatakro. Anybody know besides Suresh Prabhu who that is? You don't know? I know. We forget it every year. We talk about it and we forget it, huh? Bungsi Badanatakro. Come on, Pandit. He's an incarnation of Krishna's flute. Krishna's. The gopis say that, that um, Krishna's flute is so fortunate because he has constant contact with. Krishna's lips. How does a person get that, you know? 
So, but of course, in the spiritual world, that's a person, actually. And that person takes birth in uh, the time of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in Bengal, in Navadweep area. So, <clears throat> it's interesting about him. It said that uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Lord Nityananda both were present at his birth. And uh, he's uh, known as a devotional songwriter. I wrote down one of his songs here is really, you know. There's something about the way these individuals write that you can tell they're, how do they do that? It sounds simple in a, in a way you read the language and it just sounds like something about a poetic type person could write that, but uh, there's something different about it, you know. You know, you can read that. But later on, does anybody have any comments about, or does anybody remember the verse we read from the Bhagavatam? The Brahmas, the cow, and defenseless creatures are my own body. Those whose faculty of judgment has impaired by has been impaired by their own sin look upon these as distinct from me. Um, so I was thinking how, you know, and it said a few verses ahead that. Actually, the, the Kumaras were saying to Lord Narayan, you know, we know you're saying very deep things to us, but we cannot really understand what your intentions are. That made me feel better because I also couldn't understand what the intentions of all this were going to be or where it was leading to, you know. So the Kumaras actually say that. What are your intentions for us in saying these things? But it said that they... Uh, kind of spoiling the story here, but it said that they're just so um, entranced looking at the beauty of the Lord as he's speaking. And of course, all his words are like, you know, ambrosia to hear and to hear from his, his mouth. So they're, they're kind of worried, where, where is this going? What are you saying? What are you planning for us? We'll see ahead. The Kamara saying, we, we're trying to understand what your plan is for us. Now that we've cursed your uh, servants, so. Um, Prabhu. Mm -hmm. So you sort of you were sort of wondering how um, why Krishna is singling out the Brahmins and the cows. What, what did um, you say? Maybe you could talk about because that's important stuff. Yeah. Well. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering how, how that why this subject comes up in this situation. And that's why I was like when I read ahead and I saw that the Kumaras were also wondering, you know, what are you gonna actually do and why are you saying these things? We know they're very deep. But uh, so you know, I was just kind of agreeing with the what I assumed that the people that were there were actually feeling. Why are we talking about these things now? Not not that they're not true or anything. But the brahmanas, I started to sort of talk about that. The, the brahmanas are, you know, valued very much by Krishna for a couple of reasons that I can remember. One is they have very high sattvagun qualities. Sattvagun is present in everywhere in society among humans to, to, you know, different degrees. But the brahmanas have this, this high, high degree of mode of goodness such that which allows them to study the Vedas and actually follow it, which is very difficult to do. 
for normal people. There's a verse in Chaitanya Charitamrita where Lord Chaitanya says that most of the people in the world are uncivilized, which means that they don't follow Vedic principles. He says, but of those who are supposedly civilized followers of Vedic culture, half of them are followers in name only. He says that, you know, that, you remember that somewhere in there? He says they do all sorts of sinful activities, you know, as Vedic followers. He says, oh, he says it's because, or he says they do not want to follow any rules and regulations. So that's the thing. People don't want to, they want to claim to be, you know, I'm, yes, I'm part of this. I'm on, I'm on, I'm down with this. I'm, I'm with this team. But for their own life, when they're by themselves or when they're with their family, friends, and things, they don't follow the rules. There's a funny story that uh, Giri Rajamaharaj told when he was in Bombay. I'm just amazed to think about Giri Rajamaharaj, how young he was and doing things with, uh, you know, in a society that was so new for Americans to try to be a responsible, you know, representative of Srila Prabhupada. Which he did so well, but <clears throat> he met a lot of important people. Made, made, uh, of course, a lot of uh, life members. He was good at that. And uh, but there was, he was telling the story that one year, Janmashtami was coming up, and the temple didn't have any money. They didn't. He didn't think they had any money to have a Janmashtami festival. So uh, they were. They had a meeting. And they decided, what should we do? We just don't have any money. And uh, they, I don't know if Tamal Krishna Maharaj was there too, but they decided, yes, we've got to have a Jamaican festival. So we'll just, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll go out and collect money. So they said, well, okay, well, we'll go out to the, the, you know, the wealthy part of Bombay and we'll just go door to door, start asking for help. You know, we're going to have this fabulous Jamaican festival, please contribute, you know. So one of the places they went to, they went to this, you know, fancy bungalow. They didn't know who it belonged to, but they knocked on the door and wow, this is a, um, it's a, um, I don't know who it was, but he was somebody that Gary Rajmaharaj had met in his, you know, campaigning for life members, and he had become a life member. So, oh, please come in, you know, invite uh, Giri Rajmaharaj to come in. And Giri Rajmaharaj walked in. It was right in the middle of a celebration, a barbecue they were having. And Giri Rajmaharaj didn't know what to do. He couldn't believe it. He was so shocked. He thought he knew this person. And he thought, you know, he became a life member. He was, you know, a devotee. He had all these, you know, great ideas, but... So uh, he was really just bewildered and upset, didn't know what to do. So this uh, gentleman took him over and sat him down, sat next to him, kind of put his arm around him and said, um, and wanted to quote Bhagavad Gita to him. And he quoted something like, uh, now, Giraj, Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita, whatever you do, whatever you eat, whatever you offer, just always think of me. <laughs> Something like that, you know, like combining two verses. 
whatever you do, whatever you eat or you offer, give away, do so as an offering to me. So he's implying that we're, we're offering this to Krishna and we're always thinking of Krishna. Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita, always thinking of him, no matter what you do. So there, so it's okay. So you can see how, you know, people, you know, <laughs> pious people can use philosophy. <coughs> So, but the brahmanas are, uh, because of their qualities of goodness, they are meant to circulate. They are meant to, and they do circulate in society and remind people that um, we have to wake up. We have to always remember our duty is to understand um, our duty is self-realization. It's of course our, our main duty is to serve Krishna, to go back to the spiritual world. And somebody has to remind people who are absorbed in their daily lives of these things. Somebody needs to circulate in society, knock on doors and remind people. Because thinking how this would work in today's, today's world. Now they have signs on the door, no soliciting, no, we don't want to knock on the door. Can I talk to you a minute? For, nobody wants to hear that anything really knock on their door but in Vedic culture people appreciate it if a Brahmin came to talk to them I saw this in San Diego because we would have people on Saturday night at the Saturday <clears throat> program for the Indian community had all these nice I thought they were just wonderful Indian heritage people living here in America and they wanted to have their own program on Saturday night so they came and uh, one of the devotees who was a Brahmin Second initiated, grew up Guru Kula. He would sometimes, I would see him talking to some of the people personally. And he would just preach to them, just, just like preach really strong to these people, just standing in the temple room, like casually, like it was nothing. And then one time I heard this, and I, I don't know what the devotee was saying, but I, I almost felt like sorry for them because, well, you know, they're just kind of people working in there, just living a life. and. Uh, you were kind of hard on them. I just kind of wanted to apologize to them all. You know, he didn't mean to be so rough. And actually, they they just directly told me, "No, no, we're, we're, we appreciate that." So that's Vedic culture. They uh, respect the teacher. And then Jesus came along later on. They showed him. <laughs> Oh, have a Vedic culture had changed by that time. You know, you're going to talk to us like that? <laughs> Free Barabbas, we're going to take him and put him up on it. You know, on a cross. Okay, so anyway, I'm rambling a little bit here. So the Brahmanas are so important because they <clears throat> have the, you know, the, whatever it takes to, to read spiritual things and to actually follow it and to teach it, which is a really rare thing. It's rare to be following Vedic principles, but to actually, uh, you know, to live it and to be able to go and teach it, and to live an austere life, you know, among all the things that are in the world to enjoy, but to voluntarily and to take natu naturally take up a life of austerity is unusual. This is the Brahmanism. 
And as far as the cows go, the cows we've heard are so important to the whole um, Vedic, uh, what do you call it, set up for self-realization so that people can have a possibility of living a sinless life as far as possible by eating vegetarian food. And cow's milk is so nutritious. Here it said the cow is the daughter of the sun god. It's the first time I remember hearing that. So you can imagine the sun god is such a dear servant of the Lord, as it says in Brahma Sangita, or all those things that it says. The sun is, is the uh, king of planets. It's the Samasa Sura Mukti is the form of. The sun is the very form of goodness, I think he translates. He Saraswati in that verse. The image of the good soul. Image of the good soul. The yeah, sun. So, uh, and, and the sun is as of the eye of the world. And he mounts his chariot journey, mounting the wheel of time or something by, by the order of Govinda. So the cow is the is the daughter of that, you know, the daughter of that. And he gives us a chance to live a pure life. Uh, so that the, being, the cow being the daughter of the sun god that connects uh, scientifically. Because if you go to India, they don't even accept a cow as being a cow unless it has a hump. Because there's something about the way the sun's rays hit that hump that uh, transforms, that helps transform the milk into something really special where we can understand the subtle form of spiritual knowledge. Or <coughs> if they don't even accept, they don't accept foreign cows as even being cows because they don't have the hump that has mm. that uh, faculty of transforming their blood into milk. Mm. So it's, uh, that made me think of that. I was mm-hmm. thinking about that too. And actually, um, it is said that the cow in the West is actually a, it's a genetic breed. It's a genetic hybrid. Mm-hmm. It's not. I think they're using it. The Western cows now in India, because they give yeah, more milk. But when they, they give a greater quantity of milk. Well, when they, when they, uh, when high-class establishments advertise their milk and milk products, they make a point of saying these are deshi cows, mm. deshi from our from Bharatvarsh. They're not other. They're not diluted with other cows. They're not they're mixed. So that's a sign of high-class milk. Huh. Yeah. There was a devotee that was traveling around. Gave talked about that. He didn't explain it like you did, but he said. Was talking about the cows with the humps and how important they are and different they are. But he didn't. He didn't. Yeah, he was here. Who was that? Was that uh, yeah, fellow from Yeah, he left his body. Yeah. Did he? Oh. <clears throat> and why was he doing? Why was he going around doing that? He felt inspired. He just did it. You say something about the milk was a different color. It was yellowish. Yeah, the nice. milk is meant to be yellowish. Now, every time I look at milk, I look at it and see how white it is. And I think, <laughs> I wonder what that is. 
that white stuff. <laughs> There's one. That's factory production. Yeah. yeah. And most of it, people want, you know, so-called 1%, 2%. So they've taken a lot, a lot of the butter fat, which gives it that color. Mm. And then we were looking, like, in the uh, Lopez alkaline. Uh, these, these cows that have a hump over their back, they're alkaline. Um, they per, um, your body per, uh, sorry. Their milk. They're produced, their milk is alkaline mm. compared to a Western mm. cow, which is a sinful body. Mm. So many subtle things going on, you know. Yeah, I just want to say that, yeah, um, the cows in this country are all genetically modified species. So there's no alkalinity left in the race, just like the world is now. That's amazing. Not only is the milk tampered with, but the cows are tampered with. Mm. Yeah. I really like that connection. I, I thought that was interesting. How it says the daughter of the sun god, because I was immediately thinking about that hump too. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that hump communicates with the sun and is producing this mm -hmm. incredible, miraculous you know, mm -hmm. connector. It's healing and. Yeah. There's a connection there. It's really interesting. Mm. I read in one Ayurvedic text that um, if you have ghee from that type of cow and you save it for 10 years, that it can practically bring a dead body back to life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, how, wow. that's how potent it is. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And they have a different process for making ghee, too, right? So don't they make it from yogurt? You don't make ghee from. I think I read that. I, I just wanted to say one thing. The thing that I appreciate about these classes, I, every time I, um, at one point, I had all of them, the Sri Padanatam, mm -hmm. the person I was married to, they had them, mm -hmm. they gave them away. And this is the only place you find truth. About how existence is, how the spiritual yeah. world is. And I'm always, I always leave these classes feeling um, more faith. Yeah, just, but there's so much knowledge mm -hmm. about existence and life. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing, amazing. We're really fortunate. You can't even say. And to be able to sit here every day. Do this. Wow. So, thank goodness Sri Prabhupada came when he did. <laughs> okay, it's 857. Any more comments? Grantrad Shimon Bhagavatam Kinkai.